This is Larry Zerner, Shelley from Friday 13th Part 3. You're on Nightmare Junkhead. Hey, genius, fuck you too. consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that loves shortening shorten a horror podcast that loves shortening bread put it in the pound and put it on the fire <laughs> my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode our look into tiny terrors comes to a close as we dine on an italian dish that combines the omen Close Encounters, The Birds, and so much more. Franco-Americano's best. As we finally talk 1979's The Visitor. And whether or not you suffer from orinthophobia or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your hole. <laughs> and if you are out on social media uh, you can find us out on twitter we're at nightmare junk and on facebook you can find us at nightmare junkhead and of course it is on that book of face where we have an events tab which leads to shenanigans and ice skating shenanigans and as this episode is going to be releasing on friday december 24th all you have to do is head to screenland.com where they have your shenanigans taken care of indoors. And virtually. Yes! Very good, yes. my friend. <laughs> it's repetition. Repetition more than anything. By the time I truly get it, it'll be time to go outdoors We'll be again. outdoors yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Well, uh, no Friday Night Fright again. Mm-hmm. We're taking the Fridays off until the new year. Right. And I will say this. I mistakenly thought we were going to be opening 2022... With Frank Henelotter's basket case. Mm-hmm. Now rest assured, that will be one of the Friday Night Frights in January. But genius, I got to ask you a question. Uh, do you get wood when you watch John Carpenter's Vampires? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mark Boone Jr. would. <laughs> well, and this is definitely Fucking one this of the- movie is dope. Vampires is... Hey, I want to make a Western. Okay, cool. But I want to make it about vampires, too. Super cool. You know, go for it. And despise the presence, or I should say... Um, Despite the presence of garbage James, person James, James Woods, Woods, it's still a good movie. It, it absolutely this is. This is one of those separate the art from the artist thing and enjoy James Woods being like a vampire hunter, basically. Yeah. I, now, don't get me wrong. I could have totally seen Kurt Russell in the role. Oh, yeah. But he's like, hey, I can't, can't do him all with him. Exactly. But since this is later, Carpenter, and uh, some will argue one of his last really good films. Because I think for me, false. Oh, I enjoy Ghosts of Mars quite extensively. I, and now, I'm sure I, Mount Baldy will go to bat with me over that one as well. I know both of you do, but do you hold that as a great Carpenter film? No, it's or a, a good, good Carpenter. It's a good one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because right, listen, right. for me, the last great Carpenter film was In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, I will agree agree with that because but anyway fucking vampires is vampires but is real good vampires for me vampires is, is good, real good it's a real good one it's scary there's some good shots in there too and k and b effects as well mm-hmm. and th- speaking of mark boone jr spoiler alert 
has one of the best death scenes and yeah. effects. And the dude in the corner. Oh, yeah. Scary. Yeah. yeah Legitimately scary. good. And it's got one of the Baldwins in it. One of the lesser Baldwins, unfortunately. <laughs> but don't let that put you off. Come on out. I believe that is on going to be January 7th. And then we're going to ask what's in the basket. <laughs> that will eventually get to what's in the basket. Now, uh, one repertory screening going on the weekend of the 24th. Uh, and it's a movie I finally took in for the first time last year at Screenland. Mm-hmm. It's a Wonderful Life. That's a classic, man. It was nice to for, see. For a lot of people, that's not Christmas until they watch that. You well, know? And it was really funny. There was a screening going on this last weekend. It was mm-hmm. in theater, too. Uh, and I snuck my head in. There were a lot of people in there. And, of course, me just being me. I was like, say, who's here going to, you know, I just kind of impromptu just inquired, like, first timers. And there were quite a few of them. And. Then I was like, who's seen it for the 900th time? And like everyone's like, whoa. And they were rowdy. Uh-huh. And and then they were upset because they're like, oh, well, you know, this is usually in theater one. I was like, oh, I saw it last year in theater one. They're like, we saw it with you. So I, then I was like, oh, it was my first time. So they were really excited. But then, Look at you being extroverted. Right? But it was funny, though. But I was like, it's you know. It's a Christmas miracle. Dude. When an aim, you know, every time you a bell rings, and an introvert That's right, Zazu. becomes an extrovert. No, I mentioned that I was like, you know, Spider Man's playing in theater one now, mm-hmm. and they all kind of started booing when I was. I made a pun of like, every time an angel, every time you hear a bell rings, an angel gets a web or something, and they just kind of giggle, and I was like, okay, I'm out of here. But needless to say, come on out for it's a wonderful life because it is a legit good fun film mm-hmm. and speaking of spider-man spider-man no way home will be playing mm-hmm. which, have I, which you, I still gotta see see it with a crowd okay just because especially if you grew up with the tom holland spider-man or just if spider-man has been in your life and mm-hmm. let's let's face it for me my spider-man is still the one from the electric company <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're just Japanese Spider-Man. Hey, don't get me wrong. I like, I like Mecha as much as the next guy. <laughs> but do you remember Spider-Man and the Electric Company? Oh, yeah. Oh, do you yeah. remember the amazing theme song he had? Uh-uh. Spider-Man, where are you coming from, Spider-Man? Nobody knows who you are. See, I was more of a Sesame Street, so. Okay, well, do you remember Spider-Man from the Electric Company? No. Off my... Damn it! Okay, maybe... And I'm not making this up. Or no, I know of him. I know about of him. Nicholas Hammond from the TV series Spider-Man. Yeah, I never catch the, that one. Okay, so who is your Spider-Man then? Oh, Tobey Maguire. Okay, absolutely, That's he's That's my fair. Spider-Man. See, I although I, I like Tom Holland though. Oh no, I, I like Tom with Twinkies. Remember when you would get the Spider-Man Twinkies at the end? Hostess Twinkie ones. That's my Spider-Man. Fucking all of life's problems could be solved with some Twinkies. Twinkies or fruit pies? F- fruit pie. The fruit pies is the shit. Fucking Spider-Man throwing out some apple pies or cherry pies. Thanks, Spider-Man. You know, yeah, sure. I'm like getting attacked by Doctor Octopus, but at least I'm gonna go down with a fruit pie. Doctor Octopus or diabetes, one or the other. It's gonna get us. <laughs> Now, uh, also playing that weekend will be the Matrix, the Re- the Matrix Resurrections, uh-huh. which we've both seen now. I saw it a second time. Mm-hmm. I legitimately really like this one, and you'll actually you can hear my thoughts on uh, Patreon here. You can get to that. Uh, but then also playing this weekend is uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest, Licorice Pizza, mm-hmm. which I'm gonna go see just because I've. Do you realize that the lead kid in that is uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid? Really? Yeah. I thought he kind of looked familiar. Very much so. Very much so. But then uh, realizing Tom Waits is in the film. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, yeah. 
That's kind of sold me on what it. What are you kids doing? You know, just like... Well, it looks like he's playing a director of some sort. Oh, no. Yeah. Did you watch the trailer? Mm-mm. Okay. It's, it looks like kind of one of those meandering, I'm stuck in the 70s movies a la the Boogie Nights. Right. So I don't know if we're going to get like full frontal in this one. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not. Fucking Tom Waits throwing firecrackers at people and shit. <laughs> Actually... There is that nice connection with uh, Spider-Man, with, uh, you know, Alfred Molina, and probably one of his greatest roles Mm -hmm. as the coked-out drug dealer at the end there. (laughs) It's Cosmo. (laughs) Christ almighty. Uh, But, of course, a number of other things going on. Now, of course, if you're not ready to go indoors uh, and you live from afar, you can support Screenland a number of ways. Uh, You can go to ScreenlandOnline.com, where you can indeed rent a number of films, but... Even better, you can become a member of their film family by going to patreon.com slash screenland, where amongst the many perks, they have a number of watch parties, of which, of course, we do offer our services. Mm-hmm. And in fact, our latest Shutter shout-out is going to be happening <laughs> on Christmas Day, genius. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. <laughs> it starts. It starts. Um, and streaming right now on Shutter. Day. My God, it just doesn't stop. It starts and it doesn't stop. A film that was technically a first-time watch for both of us. Fucking so wild. We had wild. no idea what we were getting into. Not at and all. Hopefully neither do you, but come and check out Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. And 5. Oh, The Initiation and The Toymaker. Do-do-do-do-do-do. It is... And if you've Jiminy seen Jillikers, this, that's the only thing you can say after the like Jiminy Jillikers. I was not quite prepared for what we were about to experience. Brian using a Christmas, a Clint <laughs> Howard double feature. Don't fuck with us, man. Now, of course, those are streaming on Shutter. But by becoming a member of the film family, uh, you're going to have access to exclusive content, which does include customized pre-show, mm-hmm. an introduction by Genius and myself trailer reels and the post film discussion because there's a lot not to process <laughs> a lot a lot of bug fuckery literal yes literal bug fuckery uh, a lot of clint howard more clint for your buck <laughs> you're right so if that sounds good head on over to patreon.com <laughs> slash greenland but genius if we're talking patreon and film family a belly a biscuit Biscuit, a biscuit. <laughs> a pally. He, he's an unofficial pally, is <laughs> yeah, he not? He is. Yeah, he is. So uh, we've got our own little weird film family going on at Patreon. And I'd like to give a little shout out here to the folks that came out to our final Friday Night Fright here, genius. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Christmas. I like the fact that we opened the month of December... <laughs> With Rare Exports. Right, Santa Dong. Santa Dong. And we closed December with... Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Tyler, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Chad and Dustin, thank you guys for coming out and witnessing and experiencing Dial Code Santa Claus. <laughs> both first-time watches for both both of them. Yes, and, and I know memorable ones. Mount Baldy had an issue with the knockoff, like, Rocky song at the beginning. Uh-huh. Dun, 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 dun. Come on. He's, he needs to send his for complaint via Minitel. Right. How we, how prescient, though, is that technically? Right? 
Yeah. It, it's so bizarre. It is so bizarre. But uh, as I mentioned before, if you are a member of our film family at Patreon, regardless of the tier you're on, uh, I'm going to be releasing my thoughts on Matrix uh, The Resurrections. And definitely want to give a shout out, though, to a member of the film family, Andrea. She marathoned Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 through 5 recently on Shudder. Fucking super cat chick is rad. She is just 100% cool. Just one of our favorite people. Uh-huh. And you, you always realize if she shows up at your movie, if she shows up at your event, you're probably in good hands. Yeah. You know you're at least in good company. Exactly. So a shout out to her who got through one through five. Wow. And when I mentioned wow. that we were watching. Punish. When I mentioned we were watching four and five, she's like, you're going to have some fun here. <laughs> that is correct. She knew. She knew. She knew, right? She goes, yeah, you're going to enjoy this. She knows our taste because she has excellent taste. She's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Probably one of the best bits of cosplay I've seen in quite some time. Oh, absolutely. Time. Her cosplay, first of all, even when she's not like making joke cosplay, because I'm a fan of pun cosplay myself with the walking Fred and all that stuff, but her pun, her regular cosplay is great, but when she puts a pun into it, First of all, it's just clever. The fact that she's just walking along Crypticon and all of a sudden here comes Pennywise in a, in a cheerleader outfit and it's bring it on. It was great. Great. There was Toros in the atmosphere. <laughs> and given your penchant. Right? For, uh, for, for clownery. For clownery, yes. <laughs> Coming up in January. <laughs> Give him a taste there. <laughs> But knowing what she went through and everything, just a shout out to Andrea. So thank you for being awesome and a member of the uh-huh. film family. So if that sounds good, and again, uh, we actually released uh, for the month of December, we have our Gremlins commentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not as crazy as our Candyman commentary, no, thankfully. No. Doesn't go off the rails uh, a la Mrs. Deagle. Yeah, but it does remind me of the time down uh, President's Day when we were slashing prices in half and everybody got killed, but I was the only survivor. And for more downer stories like that, head over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead, where we have every tier from a squiddly diddly to another time, another place. <laughs> Man, you know, and the, the, the worst thing is, you know, not everyone watches a lot of the post film stuff. Right. With the shutter. And I, I just I think for a lot of, that's going to be for us right now. Yeah, you know, that was just and the five people that actually watch that. But just to give them a taste there. Um, go back to the Nerds of Nostalgia episode that we did on Born, Born in, in East, East LA. LA. Uh-huh. What's happening? What's happening? Psst, psst, psst. Hey. <laughs> For a nice little bit of nostalgia way. Uh-huh. It was fantastic. But genius, we are... The many things that happened this year, mm-hmm. uh, of which we're going to talk about next week in our Best of 2021 episode. Oh, yeah. But of the many cool things that happened is we hit... Our 300th episode. Mm-hmm. It's, with a good celebration, it was nice. It was really nice. No, it was great. If you think about it, though, I mean, that's 300 episodes of us talking horror, of many movies. Shenanigans abound, oh, memories. Life-changing things have happened. Exactly. And over those 300 episodes, certain films, certain actors, uh, certain cats uh-huh. have become part of our show. The part of the DNA. If you broke us down, the show down on like a molecular level, you would see elements of. Oh, there's Linnea Quigley, there's Buck Re- Flower, right? Uh, you would you would see bits of this thing seen. John Carpenter, see it, be, be it. it. Yeah, there's all sorts of like 
running through lines. Amazing through lines. But then if you were to focus on not necessarily the auditory thing, but more on the aural Mm -hmm. and music and how definitely something that we focused on with the show is our love of scores. Yeah. And how, you know, a good score becomes a member of the cast. It's another character. Mm Mm-hmm. So much to the point we've devoted episodes are what's the score episodes. Exactly. Where we go listen. back to the go back yeah. to the what's the score of the visitor one. Oh my god. And it is one of the things that you would hear musically would be one of the most amazing themes absolutely in one of horror. the best unsung horror theme one of the most beautiful un, beautiful scores of horror horror sci-fi <laughs> omen slash star wars Hold on, gee, all you have to say is italian it's italian italian <laughs> which means Mwah. <laughs> Mwah. they're gonna take a little bit of this a little a bit l- of that a little bit of throw make a nice uh, sauce yes and then throw it on a whole bunch of georgia peaches <laughs> and that's the best part is it's an atlanta film disguise well i should say an italian, an italian film, film disguised as an atlanta film disguised as a sci-fi killer kid movie and this film is all about a killer kid and We've seen some amazing killer kids this month. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Bloody Birthday to Good Son yep. to Devil Times Five. Creepy nuns and fucking Curtis, the little shit, and the Kevin McAllister. But Katie, Katie is... Katie, I don't know if any of them hold a candle to Katie. She is pound for pound for me, be it style, because she is rocking some sunglasses throughout yeah, this movie. She's got style. That are amazing. Her mean mugging we've talked about the importance of a little good mary mean mug yes yeah exactly the fact that she is a foul mouth <laughs> she is kid. a wonderful foul mouth and the fact that she can materialize shenanigans whatever she whims and she controls an army of birds and she's blonde yeah i mean this is like hitting every check mark we established for, for what we're looking with a killer kid movie <laughs> and she's not and like so we've seen killer kids like again they're just either born evil or they're escape mental patients or what but this one is not quite the daughter of the devil but the daughter of a space devil or more importantly a mutant mutant a mutant so before we get into the meat of the movie here genius uh what and again given the importance mm-hmm. of this film of the score to our podcast do you remember your initial interaction with this the first time i've ever heard anything about the visitor was um Looking back on it, there was a, a score in a song by MF Doom. And you just hear the... It was this like sad violin, but it played out through like this a lot of different of his songs. And so I was like, okay, cool. And didn't think about it. Years later, I saw when we were doing the old Alamo days, they're like, you have to see this movie. Uh, it is beyond description. It is wild, right? It is great. And I'm like, okay. But then like they had some of the music in the trailer, but I heard that sting. And I'm like, Okay, cool. And so then I was like, okay, well, now I got to see where this is at because MF Doom was a cool fucking cat, right? So I'm watching this movie and it lived up to the hype of the trailer. I mean, I was just like, 
what is going on in the best possible way? Because there's a lot of times where we're like, what is going on? Go look at our Silent Night, Night Deadly Night episode. Yeah. But this one was like, whoa, this is a, a trip. But I'm engaged, and this is I'm not sure exactly what is happening and where everybody's fitting, but I'm really fucking digging it. And you got to experience in a theater for your first time. Mm-hmm. See that? Oh, it was so, great. It was so awesome. Well, and this was a movie that I was familiar with because um, I've talked before of my cousin Josh and our movie shenanigans back in the day. Uh, cousin Josh was with me when we saw RoboCop in the theater. Mm-hmm. Way too young. Uh, the year before, we went and saw Running Scared in the theater. Way too young. <laughs> Way too young. But not too young to get a little Michael McDonald because, you know, cry. Sweet freedom. Have Every you ever se- time you get to Michael. Have you ever seen Running Scared? I, that's, and I've seen that. Oh, genius. I got to check it out. Uh, off my Running Scared? You've seen the remake. Uh, oh. With Paul Walker? Nah, we got to get you with some Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal. And more importantly, Jimmy Smits in that film is Ooh. fan-freaking-tastic. But needless to say, Cousin Josh and I, we had some movie shenanigans abound. Um, and Cousin Josh lived two doors down from me back in the day mm-hmm. but in between us lived my aunt mamie and uncle tudor and at aunt mamie's house many a times watched many a movie there with josh but one of the films that we watched quick question yeah. uncle tudor was that name given to him or did he earn it <laughs> yeah thank you give us a soundboard there <laughs> i don't recognize the reference and i will not acknowledge it genius <laughs> So, needless to say, Josh and I watched a lot of movies at Uncle Tudor and Aunt Mamie's house. But one of my other cousins, Cousin Mikey, uh-huh. who would later to go on become a dentist, of all things, huh. um, would also hang out with us. Now, Cousin Mikey was a little bit older than me and would just stop by and hang out with the family and we'd just throw on movies. Yeah. And I distinctly remember him bringing this movie over and we watched it. But I was too young to really enjoy it uh-huh. because I think I was too young to understand the what the effery of right. Italian cinema. Yeah. So it was kind of a fever dream. So when Alamo Films and Drafthouse Films uh, kind of put the visitor back out with the trailer, mm-hmm. that wave of, like you said, the familiarity came yeah. over. And I was like, I know this movie. So we hosted it at the Drafthouse. So again, seeing it like that was basically like seeing it for the first time. Guess who was at that screening? Oh yeah, cousin Mikey. Nice. And I was like, and cousin Mikey actually has been to almost all of our nerdoweens. Really? I he's taller, blonde, kind of spiky hair, but and I remember the first, and I was just like, I was like, cousin Mike, and I hadn't seen him in ages, and I was like, the visitor. He's oh, like, I funny. remember the visitor. So it was awesome to have that that's kind of moment rad as shit man like i said you know not only in the important and the, the element of the podcast but my family life as well yeah weirdly enough so yeah this film just is super important in that aspect and but here and but here's disclaimer we're gushing about it because we both love the film but this is not going to be everybody's cup of tea oh no no it's, this it's, is it's not, italian this is italian this is Even, a, dip, a very different flavor than like horror normies or no. like even like anybody no and the, it's it runs an hour and 48 which worked for me mm-hmm. and there were definitely some moments where i think you could cut a few things back to a nice nice lean mean 90 minutes but that's another whole thing there but um <laughs> just looking at the the kind of the discipline you need for international films so you don't have to worry about the dubbing right in this you don't have like the tower of babel um i mean it very much looks like 
an American shot film because it is. Yeah, but just with Italian sensibilities. Yes, and but it's gorgeous. Also, it's well, like there's some shots. Oh, there's also some creep cam shots, but then there's some like shots where you're like, well, that is cool looking, and but also like, what's going on? Because at the beginning. There's really no explanation. You're just thrust into this like matte painting Beautiful of the desert. Shot. Looks, right. It looks like something that like a Pink would, Floyd video. Yes, you you feel like you're probably on something. It's right. like, uh-oh, did the edibles kick in? Exactly. And I mean, it looks that vivid and weird, and it does not hold your hand. Mm-mm. It expects you to understand that there is some sort of weird showdown going on, and then the eventual reveal of our killer kid from robed hooded figure to like covered in ash or or some like snow maybe snow so bizarre and then it just we want to thank the people of georgia to make this movie possible the visitor (laughs) and if you don't like the song then you're not gonna like the movie because you can have an incredible drinking game it is throughout (laughs) and the themes are throughout there's two beautiful wonderful songs but they play the hell out of it but every time it it adds so much to the scene the movies the character i mean the song is the character in itself it's almost the john carpenter halloween thing i bet without the music it would still be a good movie but just like okay cool it would play differently right but you add the historiculum to it fucking it just makes everything that more intense as we've mentioned with um it's scientifically proven you can add a Sarah McLaughlin song over mm-hmm. anything, and it makes it depressing. Right. You can add Benny Hill yakety sax, sax to anything, and it makes it hilarious. You add Strillium, or however we pronounce that, right. over anything. Epic. Epic. And it proves it in this movie. Uh, old man. And, of course, we're <laughs> not even talking. This is just the... We won't we'll go into the legacy characters. I mean, just like just oh the whole God. old school. Ask your grandparents. Yeah, exactly. But an old man going up the stairs... And just setting up <laughs> and opening a briefcase. Okay, that doesn't sound that epic. Yeah. But you had ba dun, ba dun dun dun, and the fact that he's from space now. Oh shit! Something crazy is gonna happen. Well, after we get the thank, uh, thanking everyone in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, the governor by name. After we get the amazing credits, we get exposition. By a space Jesus. Via Franco Nero, Italian space Jesus. Oh, my Lord. It is a, a space of Jesus. <laughs> the space of Jesus, no make love, no the bing and the bang and the boom. He's about the, the peace. He's about the children. The space of Jesus, he makes it a love. He makes it a love. And honestly, this Franco Nero Italian space Jesus we get, I'm down with it. Fucking works. And he's telling the story. He's like, there was a bunch of battle of good and Captain Yahweh, right? It's my way, it's Yahweh or the highway, highway, right? Space highway. And so he's telling the story how like, but there was one evil one, Satin, the touch, the feel of satin, the fabric of future space Jesus. So not only is this a killer kid film genius, we could throw, we could have shown this at our sixth Nerdoween, could we have not? Mm-hmm. When we were focusing on Satan or Satin, mm-hmm. however we are calling it, Hail Satin. I hail Satin, space devil. And we get the whole... And he's a mutant. 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 The, and this is why I'm glad they don't overdub him, because we get pure Nero here, mm-hmm. and we get mutant. Mutant. I can't get over it. It's like the left, the leaf and the life garrison. Exactly. It just doesn't... 62 takes, and that was the best one. <laughs> but then his, 
he's giving the sermon to all these little kids with the shaved heads. Mm-hmm. So it is beyond surreal. And then in walks in Glenn Ford. Glenn Ford. We've got Glenn. Okay. Franco Nero is probably the one I think that most of our listeners would be more familiar with just because of his uh, interactions with uh, Tarantino at this point. He was the OG Django, um, a number of things. But then the majority also, I should say, Happy Hendrickson, of course. Oh, yeah. Lance Hendrickson. Everybody. That's what everybody's going to know. That's the one that you can gravitate to and go, oh, yeah, it's that. Well, and this is what's great is I think when everyone anyone comes up to him, they're like, you know, I love your body of work, but. Your stuff in the visitor, man, and he will he will do the Happy Hendrickson and oh, laugh I'm sure. and be like, "You've seen that? Fuck yeah, I've seen the visitor." And then he'll probably be like, "Da da 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 da." I'd like to think that's actually what Chains was listening to on his bike, <laughs> and that's why he was so happy. Mm-hmm. It totally works. No, those are probably the two biggest names that most of our listeners would be familiar with, but the majority. Of the actors in this film are old school Hollywood folks. Exactly. So you know, you have M- Mel Ferrer as the doctor, the evil doctor. One of the doctors, yeah. You have Glenn Ford as the, the detective, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have John Huston as the angel. The, the 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 just cool old guy. Right. And John Huston, he is not only like a prolific actor but a director too he directed all sorts of shit back in the day oh well if we're talking directors and then doctors we, and then we go to sam peckinpah <laughs> we go fucking mr wild bunch himself as the fucking uh one of the uh, the, the ex the ex-husband abortion doctor yes and, and then bo- we go shelly winters coming in as the maid who studies astrology and she does she st- because I, I still hold that Paige Connor as Katie Collins in this kind of steals the show. Fuck, yeah, she does. But Shelly Winters is quite good in this. Yeah, she is. She comes and she eats the scenery. There's a lot of attitude in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's going all the way. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that this wasn't, at this point, at this time, wasn't directed by either Enzo Castellari or Bruce or Bruno Mattai. Because there's a lot of everything in there this is, movie. It goes all over. And it, we've got elements of the... So, Let's look at the elements of the omen mm-hmm. and the fact that we do open with this Yahweh Satine good versus evil story and how Katie is the latest descendant of the evil of Satine. Of Satine. And mm-hmm. it's even more important is the fact that the mom actually contains the Satine gene. Yes. Like the, 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 the womb of Satine. So that's the whole movie is like, hey. I need a little brother because you never pay attention to me. Just little Katie giving guilt trips to everybody before she fucks them up. Katie, uh, goddamn her character. In fact, her introduction in this film, I love because... Rigging a basketball game with her mind and her bird. Oh, my God. Bird powers, mind powers, basketball, Atlanta basketball. Not the Hawks, mind you. The Atlanta Rebels, which doesn't exist, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me, I was raised on Dominique Wilkins and the Hawks back in the 80s and 90s. I know my TBS Atlanta Hawks basketball. <laughs> that is not them. Not the Omni Center, that is correct. But her whole introduction with the glasses, that green outfit, mm-hmm. just wandering. Just this sauntering. Ha- yes. She always knew she was the smartest person in the room. And she knew what she could do. And she fucking flaunted it everywhere. 
She was ready to go. She was like, you know what? I'm going to rig this game. Bum, 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 bum. The spontaneous basketball combustion just, I'd kind of forgotten about and, it. And then the fact that nobody brings it up ever again. Just, All of a sudden, it's like, because there's television cameras and everything, and nobody notices that, like, something explodes in the star player's face of the opposing team. Uh, again, that's just what, what Katie wants. So Katie gets. <laughs> yes, she does. Well, she just, I think her MO. Is causing chaos. You know, mm-hmm. Katie causes chaos, be it at the basketball game, at a birthday party, at an ice rink, at a hot dog stand, uh, when you've got like an aquarium. If anything is fragile, Katie's going to fuck it up. She's going to find a way to make it even more fragile. And it's not just Katie. The fact that later on you have like this whole evil society backing her up. Like the fact that it looks like they're like abducting her of the mom in space i felt so bad for the mom okay the shit that they did the mom goes through so much in this film and you mentioned it's not it's physical it's mental it's spiritual she i don't to be to say she gets put through the ringer is it's not adequate enough no it's not given enough weight to everything this woman goes through and the, the you actor feel, you feel bad the whole time oh my god and because the little girl's taking so much glee in everything she does every calamity that hits you can guarantee katie is giggling over in the corner or at least saying well she she must have earned it or deserved it yeah because you're never around or you'll hear i'm a pretty bird i'm a pretty bird did that not seem like a simpsons-esque kind of gag I just, In a way, it was creepy. It was I'm very... a pretty bird. I would like, fuck that toy, man. And the fact that it turns into a gun, Transformers. <laughs> this was actually way back. This is back in 79. Those Italians, they knew. Yeah, they did. The biggest the toy ever. <laughs> I'm a Decepticon. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about. But the stunt. Let's to before. Oh, oh. That motorcycle stunt. Okay. Holy shit. So back in the day, I used to uh, rollerblade, skate, fruit boot, nothing cool. But when we... With rockets like Acme? Oh, if only. No Silent Night? Well, we, a buddy of mine, Jeff, uh, attempted this huge gap out in California. And needless to say, he didn't stick the landing. And oh. he fell face forward. And very much like our motorcycle guy, legs went up over to his back. That dude made a U. That dude we, made a fucking U. We call it a scorpion fall because you end up basically your legs is the tail. Now, sadly, Jeff's hearing was jacked up from that point to this point to this day. So when that moment happens, and it's because of bird shenanigans. Uh, I'm a pretty bird. And it's in the trailer, and it's a moment that this is why if you saw it in a theater, like, God people would damn, your you jaw drops and you're like whoa it's visceral but let's it's we're staying in the 70s so we're staying weird but we're staying practical as well uh-huh that's an actual stunt person that did Getting that creamed that's Fucking, not a dummy no that is it's the same stunt person that also gets probably thrown through the window at the ice rink oh probably God. the same person that gets tossed into the uh the aquarium, the stunts in this, the physical stunts. Do you think most of the budget went to sugar glass at exactly. this point? Exactly. That and birds. There's fucking, this is the John Woo dream. This is, <laughs> there are so many birds in this movie. A lot of birds, and be it birds of prey for Katie. Or pretty birds. 
or, or birds with a you know crystal plumage. But she's got yeah, she's got her pet falcon. Not only is she the daughter she's of Satine, exactly. Not only is she that. Not only is she fucking uh, the daughter of Satine, fucking mystical powers, but she's a fucking falconer as well. She fly Malachi, <laughs> bring me their eyes. <laughs> Satine McPoyle. The mean mugging she does throughout. And the just, fact that she just gives everybody the business. Everyone. Everybody the business. She, I think the only person she really doesn't give any gruff to is Lance Henderson. Lance Henderson because they're, they're in all on in it. on it. Yeah. Right. Again, all elements of almost Rosemary and Babyish because yes. like it has the whole town. I mean, like everybody that poor Mrs. Mm. Co- well, Collins knows. What? Who makes up that cabal of people there? The rich. Is it the They're Illuminati? They're all rich white guys. Like, so, the, yeah, there, it has to be. I mean, the, the Satine worshippers. Satine, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Okay, that makes sense then. And, of, of course, it's older white guys. God damn it. Um, Can't have nothing nice. So we've got the basketball shenanigans. We talked about it briefly, but the birthday party. The birthday party where you get the switcheroo from the I'm a pretty bird to the handgun to her Shrugging it. No, yeah, she goes, look, I got a gun for it. And then she just throws it down. She pulls it out of the... Everybody's like, holy shit. she starts running around. She's running around with a loaded gun, and then she just throws it, and it just happens to shoot her mom in the back. And what happens? She goes, eh. She just shrugs it off. Shrugs it off. And then meanwhile, they're having physical therapy for the mom, so she's trying to get better. Next thing you know, like meanwhile, she's doing gymnastics. And like, you're doing really good, Katie. She goes, I know. And just walks away. And you're like, God damn. But it also shows she has like extra agility. Yeah. But also she's kind of, she's, I mean, she's not kind of, she is terrible. But when her, she, her eyes glow. That first time when she interacts with John Houston. Yeah. It's great. It's absolutely so good. And they're multiple pong. Multiple Pong scenes. Lots of Pong Lots in of this po- film. Pong almost becomes a character, too, because <laughs> it's almost like the battle of good and evil because there's not a lot of action between John Ford and Katie. Katie get, doesn't really get her hands dirty unless she needs to. Oh, no, but yeah. She- on on the side of good, he's more of like the wise old, like, you know, you shouldn't do that. You know, one of these days you'll come with me and you'll see why. Like, whatever, I'm going to do what I want, you dirty old man, right? She's so adorable with her little southern accent talking shit the whole time. It's that southern accent and the shit she talks. I mean, some of the lines out of her mouth are imminently quotable. And I'm shocked aren't in the pantheon because she calls uh, Glenn Ford's character out. Why are you bugging me? I'm going to tell people you will take pictures, you dirty old pervert. And then what else is she going to say? You know what? She goes, I just want a word. I got a word for you. Fuck you. That's the word. And like, did you see her? She ran in front of the school bus. She ran in front of the school bus to get on the bus. Just like while the bus was going, she's like, and I'm like, God damn, she's always causing chaos. She is, she, she is an agent of chaos. And even before and she realizes that she's a sateen descendant, she's just a nasty kid. She's a bad kid. She's yes, a bad she, seed. Yes, she is. Like, well, where do you put the evidence? You want to know where? Come here, I'll tell you. Up your ass and just jaunts off to school. She's the sauntering, the scampering, the breaking out. I mean, everything she does. Like, like, the, like to random people too. It's not like they deserve it. Like those boys that were just skating. The ice they rink. Were, they were just skating, minding their own business. She comes up behind well, them and fucking checks them. Before that even happens, you notice she's the one that is skating against the grain. Yes, she's she is. going the opposite the whole way, time. looking to start shit. Yep. And she is like an Olympic level skater. <laughs> and 
the shenanigans are saccharine enough initially, right? You yeah. Know, it's nothing sinister. No. Until she starts gaining momentum. And the entire time you've got John Houston's character just watching the, the whole stairs. time. Da 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 and then by the time she lets both of these boys go and launches them. Through the sugar glass. Psh, through fucking Annie M's pretzel stand. It is freaking nuts. And beautiful, beautifully bonkers. I, and again, big old smile my entire time going, God damn, Katie. God damn. She's so awful. And the thing she does is terrible, she, but you can't help but like enjoy her shenanigans. Well, I mean, until she's like tearing her mom a new one. Well, she paralyzes her mother. She absolutely does. We, she we, shoots her in the back. And then what does she do? She fucking beats the shit out of her and knocks her down the stairs. We have the Mrs. Deagle little stair climber thing. And <laughs> which she is just constantly that that initial like edit where she, you go from the mom doing all the physical therapy to just Katie and not and getting forth. up just not getting up like hey I'm gonna use that oh you wanna use that alright bye and like you don't ever pay attention to me ma and I'm like she just is going through spinal surgery she's never gonna walk again Katie and here you go on a guilt trip and when you speaking of guilt tripping and it's not even guilt tripping it's brow beating when you are being brow beaten by your husband and the, your little girl. To get married and, and get to pregnant. procreate. Yeah, yeah oh like, God. come on, I want a little brother. Like, And I'm like, you know what? I want to make this announcement. I'm going to marry her. And everybody's like, yay! And she's like, what the fuck? I felt so bad for for Mrs. Collins the Mrs. whole Col time. The entire movie, man. God she damn, is, poor Barbara. Seriously, it is so rough. Now, there is a really good jump scare in this movie that I totally forgot involving Katie and the phone. Yeah. When the phone's ringing and she just pops up from behind the mom is like, hey, here's the phone for you. Yeah, Jesus that went out of Christ. nowhere. I was like, holy shit. And a lot of bird jump scares too. Well, I mean, the bird attack in the car. In the car That's the terrifying. You're just driving down. You're just driving down the freeway, minding your own business. I'm a pretty bird. And next thing you know, fucking there's a falcon in your face. And that shot and the hook, that talon right in the eye. Go just on. right in the eye. It's Italian, man. You of know, course. Staying on brand. Mwah. The the hot dog stand. The hot dog stand that just gets collapsed and crushed. Because of Katie just like using her psychic powers. And then you know what? Right after that. Well, it's because Houston survived. But then just even this part where there's no action and it's talking with Mrs. Collins, all of her shit going through and just the, again the music comes in the the softer side of sateen it's gorgeous and it's sad i mean because you feel for, for you feel for barbara collins and then all of a sudden you think okay things can't get any worse she gets goddamn abducted by ufos so at this point the cabal of old white guys that run the world have browbeated lance Henriksen, saying hey you're weak you haven't convinced her to procreate we're calling in basically uh, like one of their ringers to impregnate her. Yeah. And that entire abduction sequence is terrifying the way it's shot from the lighting. And again, the the whole. Um, uh, uh, oh, my God. It's very fire in the sky. In. Fire in the sky. Yeah. Close encounters and so. Yeah. Forth. And you just have Katie gleeful the entire the time. whole time just rolling around in her uh, in the wheelchair just having oh, a good time talking adding shit. insult to injury man but then again then you'd had then you had the two uh, mechanics because when she had her car phone when she pulled out her car phone that was a fucking car 
phone. Well, that was a goddamn rotary dial phone in her car. God help her, you have to do the nine. Right? Want, God damn it. So she's calling, and then the, the two mechanics, you know what, I just forgot, today's my day off. I'd be, I'm like, I understand, dude. I'd be right there, because this doesn't look right. No, it doesn't. I need a Rosencrantz and Gilderstern movie. <laughs> Those dudes. Of their daily goings around, like, Atlanta, with all the weird all Italian the weird stuff. shit that they see. Da, 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 da. Well, when the owner of your local, you know, basketball team is in league with Satine, you know, shenanigans are bound to happen, mm-hmm. I think, at that point. Uh, we then also have the aquarium scene, where is if it wasn't bad enough where Katie drags her up the stairs, karate kicks her down the stairs, she eventually shoves her through a fucking full-on six-foot-tall aquarium their house in this film rat is shit my god they my got god. style Satine's kids got styles from a full wall pong game you, to the uh, aquarium it's an it's incredible that the seven up little chandelier thing mm-hmm. that they had going on do you th- and i, I it's, it's the are 70s. there pineapples it's the 70s no, okay. i think mrs collins would be because she's not down for like she's like i don't want to get pregnant i just want to be me you know and she even regrets having katie and like she's kind of fucking justified i mean they're dealing with some adult subjects and like adult themes where like i mean younger kids but this is not again this wouldn't be for everybody's cup of tea especially if you're looking for gore and like scares or anything like that also just five years removed from 1974's uh, roe versus wade yeah so the fact that abortion is a major point in this film fucking in black like in black christmas you know very much so and again she's justified especially that it's an alien baby but she's like you know what i love her she's my daughter and all that but just something is wrong her little whispered monologue she scares me she scares me i don't know what it is yeah love it yeah she you know what she might be the undersung hero she is it's her story yeah i mean yeah it's space jesus sateen (laughs) angels but like at the heart of it it's this is barbara collins's story so it's kind of refreshing then, I guess, yeah. in the end, how it all turns out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at the end, I guess it does because it kind of, like, at least she'll see, well, spoilers. I mean, if you haven't been spoiling oh, yeah, up yeah. on this movie, at least there's no more Cabal. At least there's no more Hendrickson. And at least there's no more Katie. She, yeah, she's still in a wheelchair. Yeah, she's going to be dealing with this trauma, but at least she can, like, Go on it like with sun, and the only person who had her back besides John Houston was fucking Shelly Winters. So at least Shelly Winters was there, and I did feel kind of bad for Shelly Winters because she wanted to go so bad. She's like, you know what, I want to go, and she's like, you, you know, it's only for children, and it's like, well, I'm kind of like a child, and like, yeah, it doesn't count, Shelly. Her fake birds that she carries, I was. I think they're ugly. Well, you know what? I don't care what you think. She was the only one that gave Katie sass back. Right back. Just right fucking back. I don't like you. I don't care. I well, mean, I, I mean, love that. She also gave her some of that 70s. Pimp hand. <laughs> just slapped the shit out of Katie. And the Katie, the look on her face, she could have, she could have like easily like. Yeah. yeah, just like eyeballed her to death. But she's like, you know what? No, I think she genuinely was like shocked and kind of like respected that. Even Satine's kids need a little discipline. A little, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and then she, the fact that she, I thought. Um, and she takes out the Falcon too. Well, and, uh, 
that whole scene actually when the Falcon it's like has opposable thumbs at that point. That's opening, opening the fucking lock like it's Jurassic but Park. Technically, though, it is the killing of the Falcon that leads then to her going through the aquarium. And then Katie's final form. The final form freaked me out. Yeah, I, I did. Totally forgot about the final form. And even like And you don't really see the final form. That's what's great it's a about brief it. Second. Yeah. It's almost like in Kathy's curse. Yeah. Just brief second. But the whole building of the the bridge or whatever on the the roof of the building. All the the guys with the shaved heads. And there's that wonderful shot when they've got like they're all standing in a row. Yes. And then there's kind of the ones where they're leering into the um, out of the doorways on very scooby doo so good. Looked so good. Um, but that whole thing, is that the cosmic bridge? Is that the, the you know, the thing to space at that point? It has to be. I think like if you want to bring a child of sateen, maybe it's part of like the purification process. Certainly. Or if you're bringing in a flock of birds. Yeah, that's true. Because that's the army. That's what took down Satine in the first a la exposition via Franco yes. Nero Space Jesus. So like Chekhov's yeah. birds in that case. Yeah. And there was it wasn't a flock. It oh, was no, fucking multiple flocks. There was like a whole like the penguin was about to attack. I mean, <laughs> there, <laughs> exactly. There was just birds everywhere. And. Taking elements of Alfred Hitchcock at this point, and uh, the the actually, and the I, fact that one of the birds turns into a goddamn switchblade. Yes, yes, they get the magic of an Italian film. Yeah, it just becomes a metal bird, and just a fucking switchblade comes out of it, and it fucks Lance <laughs> Hendrickson up. It's great. It's perfect. Mwah, chef's kiss, as it is. Um, but then we finally get basically the 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 Katie being saved. Yeah. In a way. Well, they had to basically kill her, but they saved her soul. Yeah. She's now up in space. Heaven. And also rocking the shaved head. Mm-hmm. And I, there's something about people that can rock so, that look. It's a, it's so a, it's a blessing. My theoretically, friends. all those kids were Satine's kids. Former. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. Are, yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like an orphanage. It's very much a boarding school. Redemption. Yeah. yeah. And they all seem pretty cool. Yeah. For the most part. Roll run in space. It's kind of space. Hare Krishna's in a way. Exactly. <laughs> Krishna's in space. <laughs> uh, listen, this, like you said, this movie is not going to be for everyone. But for those of you that it will be for, oh it will my goodness. tickle all your fancies. And being that it's an Italian film, a lot of fancies can be tickled. Yeah. Sci-fi, horror, uh, drama. It's killer kids. The music is gorgeous. The cinematography is cool. The edits are wonderfully weird. It's bizarre. It again, you have to really pay attention because it's not holding your hand. You're like, what the fuck? Meanwhile, you're like, holy shit! Did Katie just say that or do that or like what? <laughs> I'm a pretty bird, you know? And like, oh, Shelly Winters slapping around children. So it is wild, but the music. It, oh, yeah, it, it's the, the whole experience. So remember the time we were going to go see John Carpenter and like we were all just out in the like in the pre-show and there was we a were, DJ. We drove up to Chicago and it, we went through uh, this, the snow came the next day. We mm-hmm. had a pretty easy trip up there. And yeah, we're in the ballroom. There's a DJ up on stage and he's playing the Friday the 13th disco theme. We're like, all right. Okay. So like, yeah, we're like, cool. And then all of a sudden I hear it wasn't that it wasn't it was was that first yep that first little seven seconds and you looked at me i'm like this is the visitor and i was like there's no way 
us really just getting here to segue from Friday the 13th 3's disco theme to the cuz we were no talking way. about the fuck Shelly and the whole on the way there. Of course, of course. Right. And this is again, this movie and theme means a lot to us. And then sure as shit. Da 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 da. I'm like, yeah, this is the fucking visitor. Da da da. And it felt like it was a welcome to us. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like, hey guys from Kansas City, we know you love this one. You're welcome. Yeah. And it kicked off just a great evening because then we got a chance to experience John Carpenter live. Mm-hmm. Go back. We did an episode about it, talking about our favorite experiences. I know we talked about the visitor moment because it's a moment. Yeah, it is. And that's it's why not every day the visitor oh, theme plays, you know? I, I Thanks to you, I have it on LP now. And we've done it on What's the Score many a times. And it's just... Even without the movie, the theme itself just means so much yeah. to all, everything with the podcast, with our friendship, and just why we love movies, and it's why we love doing this show. Exactly. It's just one of those kind of films. So, final thoughts here, Genius McGee? <laughs> just waiting for some for little girls to, to run in front of the school bus and like, go fuck yourself. And then just run. <laughs> so alarming. So alarming. So funny. It's hilarious. And it's a shame. She didn't do a lot of work outside of this film. She was great. Yeah. The killer kids are great. You know what? If she's still with us, I would love to see her do the con circuit now. Yeah, exactly. Katie from The Visitor. Oh, hell yeah. I would love to see The Visitor with her doing commentary about it. I had a good old time. He was a crazy old bastard. I had fun. You know, talking about like maybe Sam Peckinpah taught her how to shoot later (laughs) on. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't be shocked she's over be. there tap dancing with shelly winters off stage you know like and just having a ball you, again old hollywood might, and shit you might have to ask your grandparents about some of these actors in here but nevertheless it's kind of wonderful to see them and it makes me wonder at this point when you've got so many again amazing directors actors at that point if uh uh, Julio Paradiso. Oh, Paradiso. Yeah. If he has some like pictures or some dirt on any of them. <laughs> I'm glad he did. Shelly winners in compromising positions. My goodness. My goodness. God love him for it because it gave us this film here. Now, uh, we are going to be closing out the month of December, not with a final Killer Kids film, but we're going to be looking back at some of our favorite films, moments, and memories of 2021, of mm-hmm. which. There's multiple ones out there. Yeah, there so, uh, anything to leave on here, genius, with uh, the visitor? No, I again, it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but if it's yours, it's a big old glass full. Drink it with your pinky out. Exactly. So, until next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Da da. No, fuck it. <laughs> We're gonna put it on.